Welcome to the Coffee, Critiques, and Cracked Pottery podcast. This podcast is a bi-weekly exploration of topics and tangents running from food to literature and politics to pop culture. I am your host, Ray, a card-carrying citizen of flyover country, where things are never quite as simple as you imagine. Well, howdy, folks. It's time for coffee. So I have a lot to get through in this little bit of time, and I apologize for that. Um, or maybe I don't. Maybe you'll be glad to hear all this. As I stated in my teaser episode, this part of the show will be a little run-through of things that are going on around me. And I'm going to start with first the personal, which is today's uh, April 9th. Um, and for some of you, you might know that it's like been flooding here. Not that in the town I live in, it, we got wet feet or anything. I think a few houses that are down closer to the river had to use some pumps to clear out their basements. But in general, it's been pretty good here. North of us and south of us, on the other hand, there's been some road closages and uh, some damage to folks here right along the Mississippi. But as part of that flooding business, there's been so much wet dead vegetation left over from last fall that my allergy for mold has kicked in hardcore. So I am struggling, as you'll notice, with a bit of a stuffy nose and a cough because my I have asthma that responds to this mold. So I've been coughing a bit. So if I stop to cough or I am sniffly or I sound funny, I apologize right now. So there's that. And I also recently just started a new job, which has been interesting. Um, I'm not going to get into that because I'm not going to talk about my employment other than to say it's kicking my ass. It's hard work. But um, it was a good and needed move. So there's that. Anyway, so that's kind of what's going on in my world right now, besides sitting on tenterhooks waiting for the season premiere of Game of Thrones. I know it's pathetic, but really I'm so, so hype over this. So anyway, there's that. But I'm just going to run down some things in the calendar because as spring approaches, despite the fact that we're supposed to get a blizzard starting tomorrow sometime and running into Friday, um, <clears throat> that's average for here. We have a usually have a late spring snowfall that's pretty bad. This is talking about somewhere between 8 and 15 inches, I guess. We'll just see what happens. But anyway, beside that and the oncoming quote-unquote blizzard, as spring approaches here on the Mississippi, the, the upper corridor, the fly upper Mississippi flyway, um, there gets to be a whole burst of activity for events that are going on. So I'm just going to run down a few of them. And the ones that I'm going to note most especially are where I live now and where I used to live and I have friends. So we're going to start with April 11th through the 13th. The Heart of Improv is going to be at Pump House in La Crosse. That's um, 119 King Street in La Crosse. It's a whole improv comedy thing. If you're into that, you should definitely Google yourself Pump House in La Crosse and find out about it, what time it starts where you can get tickets, all that kind of happy jazz. 
Then we have on April 12th, Dude Fresh, who a friend of mine is in that band. I'm not going to out her, but she is a friend of mine. Oh, I just outed one or two of them. Anyway, at our corner tavern in La Crosse, and that's 2104 George Street. And I think they start at 8 p.m. You might want to check that. You can probably Google it um, or look up Dude Fresh on Facebook. On April 13th, PB and J will be at the Talk of the Town Tavern in Alma, Wisconsin. Now, I could tell you what the address is, but there's really no point. There's like two streets in this whole town, and it's right on the main drag. So if you can't find it, you're in deep trouble. Anyway, that's um, Pete Burkhart and Joe Seeley, so PB and J, and they do a mix of different cover tunes and some originals, I believe. Good stuff. You should check it out. Um, also that day, or they, that starts at 8 p.m., by the way. Also, the same day at J&J Barbecue at 201 North Main in Nelson, Wisconsin, we'll be playing Joe Cody and Ricky Weath. That's a great barbecue joint, so you should definitely come down, get yourself some fantastic barbecue, listen to some great music, and indulge in fine bourbon. That will be starting at 5 p.m. Also, for those who are interested in pre-gaming for these two drinking events and or music events, you should really check out the Bingo at Danzinger Vineyards in Alma. And that is at S2015 Grapeview Lane, Alma, Wisconsin. They will be having bingo, and it starts at 12 p.m. and goes to 4 p.m. The following day, Danzinger also will be hosting Two Frets Up, which is another acoustic band. And they start at 12.30. Now, for those of you who don't want to go that far afield, La Crosse is having its Best Bloody Mary Bar Crawl. It starts at 10 a.m. I would definitely Google this. I could not find anything about where a starting place is, although I would make the personal suggestion, having grown up in La Crosse and done some drinking there, that you should probably start at Dell's Tavern. I'm not sure if tickets are available at the different bars, but I would go and see if you could find out if you're really interested in going to that. Also... On April 20th, the Wamadi Lions Club is having their annual Easter egg hunt. You'll have to bring your own basket. It's in Wamadi Valley. If you don't know where that is, Google Maps is your friend. And then this same weekend is the 54th annual Flood Run, which is a big bike, big motorcycle tour that goes up around the river and starts in Pepin, Wisconsin, comes down, goes all over, all kinds of cool little bars you can go to. It's a really nice scenic drive. It has a matched event in the autumn that's for the fall colors. You should really check it out if you've got yourself a motorcycle or a fancy old car or just like motorcycles and fancy old cars because you can also spectate those besides everything else. But that starts in Pepin, Wisconsin, and it uh, runs from 10.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. If you end up in La Crosse, perhaps, on the 20th after the flood run, you can definitely stop by the Popcorn Tavern at 401 South 4th Street in La Crosse. They are going to be hosting Fliberty Gibbet's 20th anniversary show. Grew up in town. Fliberty Gibbet were a huge thing. They're a local band, but they're a lot of fun, and their 20th anniversary show sounds like wicked fun. I will be working, but you can go, and you should go. Um, I want to backtrack just a moment to the Wednesday before that. If you're really not into all these low-brow, low-culture types of things, 
the Ballet Lacrosse will be performing a Midsummer Night's Dream at Weber Center for the Performing Arts at Viterbo University in Lacrosse. So that's for those of you who are into ballet. Um, April 24th, there will be a queer coloring gathering at Javavino in La Crosse. Not sure where that is either. You might want to Google that up. But it's, as the name implies, it's for queer folks who want to color. And you should go and grab some wine at Javavino or a cup of coffee and do some coloring if you're queer or if you're just an ally. Later that evening, if you have enough, haven't had enough vino and you're done coloring, you can get yourself across the street to the Gentlemen's Anti-Temperance League will be having a party at the Popcorn Tavern in La Crosse. Also, again, that's 401 South 4th Street. And then, let's see, April 27th, which is the last thing I think I have on my calendar, we have Slow No Wake at 6 p.m., they will be performing at the Pearl Street Brewery Tasting Room, which is at 1401 South St. Andrew Street in La Crosse, or in 1401 St. Andrew Street, not South, skip the South part. Um, and the next day, I think that's how this works. No, Friday, the 27th, I think Saturday is Slow No Wake. You might want to Google that too. Sorry. I didn't get this put together quite the way I wanted to. And I had some trouble finding some stuff on the internet today. I don't know why, but I did. Anyway, so those are things that are going on in and around the area. I will have another update, of course, next time when we get together um, for the next episode. But those are just some of the fun getting out of your house and doing some stuff, things that you can do along the upper Mississippi Valley, I guess on the Wisconsin side mostly. Um over the next couple weekends. So if you're not gotting, or you're not going to be going to, is it the finish of Infinity Wars? I'm not an MCU fan, so there's that. But I think that's this weekend too for those folks who are into that kind of thing. Um, and I would also like to point out to anybody who is interested that my friend, Mike, who is running a fan, another fantastic uh, fan site sort of podcast called The Millennium Fandom has a new episode up. You can check, look for him on Facebook or you can go right to Podbean and search him. That's The Millennium Fandom. It's a nice little play on words, right, for The Millennium Falcon for those of you who are Star Wars nerds. He doesn't just do Star Wars stuff, though, okay? Because, like, the first episode was about Captain Marvel. Yeah. And the last episode, which I listened to was about a Final Fantasy game. So, you know, he do, he kind of moves around. He's a really funny guy. He's also a member of the Lacrosse Live comedy group. He's a fantastic guy. So anyway, if you get a chance, you should take a chat. You should check out his podcast as well. Mark Hoff music. Let's see. Where is he playing? Mark's playing because I'm going to pump it. Marcroft is playing at the Northleaf Winery, which is at 232 South Janesville Street in Milton, Wisconsin. So you should go check him out. He also will be playing on the 19th at the Northwoods Brew Pub in Osseo, Wisconsin. 
and that is at 50819 West Street. Saturday, April 20th, he's playing the Sheely House Saloon, um, which is at 236 West River Street in Chepua Falls, Wisconsin. And then Friday, April 26th, he is playing Yahara Bay Distillers at 6250 Nesbitt Road in Fitchburg, Wisconsin. Now, I'm just going to tell you, you really should go check this guy out, okay? Because he's really amazing. Really, really, really. That's Mark Croft at markcroftmusic.com. Check it. So we have reached the topical portion of coffee critiques and crack pottery. Today's topic is people who ruin fandom conversations and fandoms for others in any sort of social context. To start us off, I'd like to also say that since we are going to be pointing some fingers, that this entire podcast is going to be hashtag sorry, not sorry. I know it's not going to be comfortable for some folks, but it is what it is. It's something that needs to get said. It is basically dinner table courtesy for the 21st century. Everybody we know is a part of a fandom of some kind or other. And everybody we know, including ourselves, have conversations about this in social situations. And everyone we know, including ourselves, is very possibly the kind of person that engages in any of the following behaviors we're going to discuss and why they're upsetting because we just do. We get excited about stuff. This is the sort of stuff that bugs me when it happens to me. It bugs me when people do it. it bugs me when I do it. But we wanted to talk about this today because it's an easy thing to talk about and it's kind of low-hanging fruit and seems like it should be a no-brainer, but it sometimes isn't with people. Without any further ado, I'd like to introduce my co-host today, Nathan. Say hi. Hi. We are both big nerds. I think I said before in my teaser episode, being nerdy and geeky was not anywhere in the titling of this podcast, but it is absolutely a component of it. So you're going to have to put up with some of it if you're going to listen. And Nate is a junior nerd. Well, he's a grown-up nerd now, but he is definitely nerdy and fits into this qualifier. Part of the reason I came to this as a topic, and I think Nathan has some pretty valuable insights on this as well, is because we spend a lot of time with other people that are of our own ilk. We hang out with other nerdy, geeky people who are also interested in fandoms we are, or fandoms that are tangential from our own, and have been at places where we also see other friends who are not necessarily in the same grouping do the eye roll and the shutdown in given contexts. One of the first things that I identified as a personality type, because I've kind of broke these down into some personality types. And the first one is that one friend that never shuts up about their fandom. I think there's way too many of those type of people across the board and everything. And it's not just nerdy and geeky people or whatever. I think that's just culturally like where we're at right now. Do you have a reason why you think that case? I mean, I could go for your bog standard, you know, social media, everybody feels like they need to be heard at all times. That's a, that's a pretty strong thing. I mean, and it, it's normal. It's, you know, everybody wants to feel like, you know, their opinion has merit and we tend to clam up, ignore or shut down about things that we're not interested in or, you know, don't care about or, or, or what have you. The second that we're talking about, well, I know about that. So I'm going to try to impress you. I, I think in the age of the internet and social media where we're, you know, more connected and involved with each other in some ways and more disconnected uh, with each other and, and others. I think there's just a, a strong desire to be, to be heard and validated. 
I think that's fair. Do you think too that some of it is how all this easily consumed media has the tendency to give people the idea that they're an instant expert? I mean, because I've run into that with people who, and it's not just fandoms or whatever, but there's also the whole like, oh, well, I read a Wikipedia article and now I'm an expert. Well, thing I mean, that's that how I'm, you get anti-vaxxers, you know. <laughs> But you get what I'm saying. So like, because we have like all this information, the internet has allowed us all to have all this information at the tip of our fingers. People have a tendency to think that they're like an instant expert on things because they read a couple articles or they saw a couple things. Whoa. And now they know. I mean, I'm not any, and I'm saying this as somebody who just recorded another episode this morning about food TV. And I'm, you know, putting myself up there as some kind of internet or some kind of food TV expert. But it's just my opinion. Like, I know the difference, I can separate out what is like my opinion of what's really cool and what actually is really cool <laughs> I may not actually jibe or, and I may not know what the hell I'm talking about, but you know it's what I'm saying? separation between, you know, being able to be objective and subjective about what's objective and subjective. I think in an age where people are invalidated on the regular, it's a drug that everybody wants. Yeah. I think and that's her. Not everybody has access to. In terms of that one friend who never shuts up about their fandoms, okay, so there's a few things that I'd like to hit on. And the first one is that nobody here is suggesting that enthusiasm for something is a bad idea. I mean, we've all had that, right? Nathan, I know you've had it. You've started a new uh, TV I mean, show. I, I, right? I, 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 I mean, I grew up like that. Right. So you have enthusiasm about anything that you're into at the moment. Yeah. I, you know, people like that. And I, and, and I never want to poo-poo somebody who's just discovered something cool and is enthusiastic about it. But there's a difference between like in being enthusiastic about this new cool thing that you have discovered and then taking over an entire conversation and steering everybody into that void, whether or not they've been there or want to go there or not. So that's a thing. I think it does. I guess the problem is, is that I, I do think it, it sort of runs to that self-involvement um, that we all feel, but I don't think, I think that's healthy and I think it's good to have interests and I think it's good to be passionate about them. If you're not passionate about the things that you're the most interested in, are you really that interested? But I think, the problem lies when you, you know, there's active thinking and, and passive thinking. And I feel like it's become far too accepted or acceptable to have an active disinterest in the interests of others. It's almost like we, we become tribal, which is like where fandom like comes from. It's like people who all like one thing all get together and decide that they're going to be passionate about this one thing in, in, a, in a circle. It's like, you know, when you're at the in, in high school or, or middle school or whatever, and you go to the lunchroom, the cafeteria, and you, you find your table, right? right? And everybody at that table is going to talk about their thing and not necessarily steer outside of that. I think the problem um, and where fandoms butt heads and where you run into these kinds of people and maybe the people at the, the center of these conflicts are when, you know, somebody's like, yeah, well, you know, anime is great and all, but what about Western cartoons? And maybe 20% of the table will be like, oh, yeah, I like whatever, SpongeBob or whatever. And they even 
then like they'll talk about the generally accepted things but like you say oh but have you seen such and such cartoon like the the like the justice league cartoons are on netflix right now and like they're really well animated and the voice acting is great and all of this stuff and they just don't care and they will not care despite like <laughs> despite it being literally the same fucking thing they're completely uninterested because they don't know anything about it and they're not you know it's like and these people are like oh i love anime and going to see fucking uh marvel movies in the in the movie theater and you're like this is a it's a superhero cartoon you should theoretically love this and you're just not interested because you're not invested in it right now and so it, it's not about you it's you it's it's like a refusal to grow or like think outside of your box i think okay so too comfortable inside their boxes okay so i have a question then so it seems almost like you're coming at this from a different perspective or point of view from me in that or see this is a two-footed issue and, and it probably is and one is that you get some of us who get offended by our friends enthusiasm for something they've just figured out right. like what their belly button's about and they just want to talk about it and are like, but you should find out what your belly button is about. And they're like, everybody at the party is going to get a lecture about how they should check out this belly button thing. And then there's those of us that are on the other end of it who are like, well, this really isn't my thing. I'm going to go cut myself another piece of cake or go piss or step outside for a cigarette or whatever it is, because we don't want to engage with something that's outside of our own wheelhouse. So you're seeing it from both sides. Is that what you're trying to like bring us to? put those ends together so the enthusiasm is good but we also have to be open to that for other people's enthusiasm like yeah. give it some quarter and i think there's there's something to be said for discretion right you know you're not gonna fucking walk up to a clan meet and be like yo have you heard fucking childish gambino's new album like you, know, <laughs> you got it you gotta you gotta whip stuff out in the right cir circle right, right? and right. i get so that and so it's like being at the thanksgiving table and trying to talk to your grandma about you know naruto is probably not gonna go well maybe right. you've got a really dope grandma i'm not judging but like <laughs> I, it's just not uh it's not it's not a <clears throat> it, it, it's hard because i think for as as inclusive and and wonderful as uh, fandom communities can be, I think there's an intrinsic devaluing of outside information. Okay, and I yeah, and I, I see what you're saying. So I do I mean, see what and, you're and, saying, and it comes and like yeah, it does yeah. it does come from from both ends. The people who are really impassionate or whatever, and then we've become too specialized. And yeah, I think it's fine to be like passionate about specific things. But like to be willfully ignorant of related media, it, it's like people like you go on Tumblr, or at least back when I used Tumblr fucking four or five years ago, Doctor Who was a huge pervasive right. thing and it was annoying to somebody like me. And so you'd be like people posting Matt Smith and this and uh, what's the Scottish guy's name that his name escapes me. The, the Everybody's favorite friggin doctor, doctor number 10. Eccleson? David Tennant, that's the one. Because yeah, yeah, Eccleston's yeah. the ninth and Tennant's the tenth. I like Eccleston. These, you, you get these, you get these gift walls and all that kind of mm -hmm. shit, and people are like freaking out or whatever. And then somebody, you know, you want to talk about an episode that happens on the show, and you're like, oh, it reminds me of this Tom Baker episode, and people are like, ew. And it's ew, like, it's literally yeah. the same fandom. What the fuck are you doing? It's <laughs> right. Like, 
what is your problem? <laughs> no, like, I get that. And it's it, it's not like I'm saying like, oh man, did you you ever watch you ever watch like Eureka, right? Which was a show on Eureka was know, good though. It was like I mean, a show on 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 HBO or some shit. No, it was like, it was on Sci-Fi. Oh, was it on Sci-Fi? Yeah, but it was like that, a, it was like a similar like themed show. Yeah, like it was, Beck and Joe was, were really into that show. Um, Eureka was great, and and even now, like not being a fan of Doctor Who and only being like sideways aware of that fandom, I try to make the point that Rick and Morty is essentially like <laughs> South Park meets Doctor Who or some something similar. You know, like it's an irreverent Doctor Who that is animated. I gotcha. And it's literally, it's the same formula. Like, old man takes on companion, goes fucking everywhere in the multiverse, and has adventures. It's mechanically the same fucking story. Nobody for who watches, and then I get it, like, the subject material appeals to certain different people, but it's like, it's the same story. Like, that there's no, that I get so much pushback when I try to point out the overlap. It's frustrating. People are so... They want to believe that their interests are unique to them and that nobody, like, it's literally fandom is, for some people, is an adherence to being 14. It's, I think it's an adherence to a strange sort of dogma, too, I'm not going to lie. But I, I thought it was interesting, your take on it about the lunchroom in high school and middle school. Yeah. Because honestly... That's what it's about. But what I'm talking about here is dinner table etiquette for the 21st century. So, like, the argument is we should all be adults by now, which means we can carry on conversations on multi-levels. And we don't need to, like, be so clanny that we can't open our eyes, open our ears, and open our thinking to, like, somebody who comes at it and bucks it a little bit. I agree. I mean, like I said, enthusiasms on both ends of that spectrum is really good, but you can't when you jam each other up. I mean, I mean, it I think it's across I think as disrespectful. I think it's fine to like you know to razz other fan fandoms and to have like a a, a sort of like rivalry, you know, healthy like, rivalry. They like they like they like this show, and we don't like that show because that show stole you know the actor from our show, and so fuck that <laughs> show, like. There's a difference between like fandoms of like a, a franchise, right? Like, there's people who are fans no. of Doctor Who. There's yes. people who are fans of Doctor Who, and then there are people who are just straight up fan who maybe through Doctor Who become fans of just David David Tennant and everything. The sun shines out of his ass, and he shits diamonds, and like there's nothing that he can do wrong, <laughs> despite him being, in my opinion, a fuck awful actor and an even worse fucking doctor, which is a a show that you don't actually have to act well because it's so low budget that nobody's going to get I can't wait till you have to watch Good Omens and eat that. Oh, I like him and stuff. It's sort of like, my thing is that people like, oh, he's so good and whatever and powerful because like he's been in other shit since Doctor Who. It's been fucking almost 10 years since he was the Doctor. People still clinging to that, being like, oh, he was the best Doctor. It's like, well, really, if you go back and look at him and you even look at him, he's sort of bookended by two people who played the Doctor far, far better, in my opinion. And he, David Tennant, is a super fan himself. He grew up loving Doctor Who. He married a girl who was in Doctor Who. He's almost to the point of like creepy stalker. Doctor Who. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was me poo-pooing. But that's my opinion, man. Like, Yeah, I know. know. I get it. it you have an opinion and you're entitled to it. But no, I don't think it's it's more about fandoms 
clashing with each other. I think it's it's almost like it's a weird like tradition thing, trying to grow and expand the the horizons of any particular fandom. That, right. That gets the most amount of pushback, which makes no no sense to me because like you know somebody who's like I like X, you know. And and you like why we're not friends. That's I get it. It's normal and clanny, and that's you know going to be the nature of things. But it's like I like X, and you like X X, and that's not cool. The example that I that I gave earlier about people within the Doctor Who fan like family. Oh, and I got you. I got like, you. That shit just bothers me because it's just like, well, it's not my experience right now, so fuck off. Yeah, and I get that. there's like two things that happened to me because of these behaviors in general. And then this is a pretty specific example. And some of the people who listen to this podcast are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And the people even I'm a super fan, I guess I've discussed this before on this podcast. I I love game of Thrones, um, a song of ice and fire. I do have a tendency to go on. It's true. I specifically remember like the first time of being in a social situation with um, a couple of friends of mine that I hadn't seen in years. And I started to talk about my experience at this show and the books and that I had just started and how much I was enjoying them because they'd literally legitimately asked me, so what are you into now? What have you been doing? What do you like? Or, you know, I, we haven't seen each other in three years. What do? And out of the corner of the conversation, like, way over here like three people away somebody in their circle of friends had just like swivels around like they're possessed and they start hammering got into the conversation like it's a giant wedge and not that it was like terrible and i should shut up but i had opened a door that everyone else in that circle of friends had slammed shut and put chairs in front of and dead bolted and i said Beetlejuice three times and he just walked through the door. And, and of course, since you haven't I got, seen these people in so long, there there was no way you could have known that that was Known me. that, right? Yeah. And so their eyes glaze over at what I'm saying. Then there's smoke coming out their ears because he's started talking about this. And not only did he shut down my conversation with them about what my experience was with what I'd been doing and what I was interested in right then and you know what I was reading and what I was watching on TV, then he shut me down and even discuss answering the question like immediately i found out real quick that one game of thrones and the song of ice and fire were absolutely not acceptable topic in this group of friends because it had been taken to a toxic level there and two that this person didn't care about anybody else's conversations or boundaries they just would jump right in the middle and start flailing until everybody wanted to get up and go have a cigarette, take a piss, play a game of pool, put a nail through their forehead, or run out in traffic. Like, they were literally so over this already. And I was disappointed for obvious reasons because I get kind of excited about stuff that I want to, you know, my friends ask me what I've been doing, especially somebody I haven't talked to in years. And somebody in the fandom has already been there and pooped up the litter box, so there's nowhere to go. Yeah. I, my question is, is how did that particular person get to that point? Like, did they get that po- to that point, like, as, like, a sort of, like, last, last stand-ism? 
thing? Like, are they the only friend in their circle that gives a fucking hoot about Game of Thrones? And so, like, they've been told to put it away for so long that they're just like, and, and every opportunity, and they're obviously very passionate about it, and every opportunity that they get that they feel like they, they it's this thing that they need to get out of their system, and they just never have an opportunity for it. Or was this person always obnoxious like this? Like, and it, cause it's hard to know in context, you know, well, whether, which side of the fence this person, you know, falls and I, and I, and I don't disagree with that, but I, I came to understand later by interacting with this person several more times and their partner who then jumped on this pile. So it was the two of them talking over everybody else until everybody was just annoyed to pieces that so they just do that. And that's the whole point of this is that there's always one of these people that their enthusiasm is fantastic and people appreciate enthusiasm. But when people's eyes start to glaze over, you should probably change the subject that they dominate the conversation. They literally will just jump in the middle of conversations that are even titularly touching. Like I have no doubt that if I had brought up New Amsterdam to my same friends, and said, I found this cool old show that's not done anymore, but there's this actor in it called Nikolai Coster-Waldo, and he's really good, and I like the show, that that would have been enough of a door right, for this person to jump in and then just completely hijack the conversation and make it all about God until everybody left. Until everybody was just over it already. And, and, and makes me crazy, which kind of brings me to, like, the third part of this, that one friend who never shuts up about their fandoms, is that everything relates. So you can't have a conversation about hot dogs. And I've had conversations with you who've done this. It's less of a problem because I don't really care about what it is and you never go on and on about it. But I've literally, we've had conversations about any number of things and you will bring up SpongeBob. And you're not even like a huge part of that fandom, but you know enough about SpongeBob that things will come up and you go there. And I'm I just like- I think a more specific example would have been, or unless you know the specific, because I don't remember bringing up SpongeBob, but that maybe that's just me being defensive. I don't, <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't, I know I do that, but in that context, I'm like, well, let's call, hold on here. <laughs> hold on now. Well, you have done it with Alyssa and I a couple times. And usually come around to a cogent point. I mean- well, yeah, like I've always been a fan of cartoons and it's never like-, like so, like, I get it. Like, I understand that those things have social relevance beyond what is, like, written at the base level of humor and entertainment in them. So I, I don't get mad at you. And that was just a for instance. But, like, literally, if I had brought up New Amsterdam and Nikolai Coster-Waldo, that that would have related. But the point is, ouch. I mean, not to be a dick, but sometimes we need to think about the contextual references. I Maybe, you know what it is. Uh, like uh -huh. not to not to like fucking pull this shit out, but it's 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 like conversational consent. <laughs> a little bit. It's because that's <laughs> some people just there's a difference between oversharing <laughs> and then just being like, here's my the things that I want to talk about and forcing them onto people like because it's right. And it's kind right. of funny because I know who those people are that you're talking about. And they, <laughs> yes, they have, you... they have they. I saw a thing that they posted on social media about. <laughs> you know the more serious topic of you know sexual consent and it being like an issue but then in their overarching regular lives that apparently doesn't matter so that's interesting so there's that 
we're not gonna get into that because no, like i said i don't want to i don't want to drag it there but like that's, no it's but that's what it does but that's what it boils down to is it's i don't I, care that you don't want to talk about this we're talking about this it's like being trapped in the car with somebody like being like oh hey do you want to go to the store and then they like now that you're in the car with them and they're driving you there they're gonna fucking drop some heavy shit on you I don't know yeah. if anybody else's friends or family do this, but it's like, cool. You have backed me into a literal corner where I have no choice but to listen to you. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a I'm guilty guy. of that, folks. He's bringing this up because, you know, whenever I, I want to have a that. deep, deep conversation with my sons, it ha tends to happen on long car trips. I don't so know why I do that. Of silence and why you can't just feel it with dick. Uh, no, it's, it's bad music. It's beyond it's, me. But no, we gotta <laughs> talk about real shit while where nobody can like be like, I'm gonna leave. You can't opt out. But, yeah, they hate that. But no, that's me. but but that's what it but that's what it comes down to. Is that like the people who are hyper passionate about a thing, they have no no want or care for for social consent and then the people who beat you over the head i do this a little bit but i'm i'm more just a persistent guy who gets friend zoned a lot be like hey i'm really into this thing do you want to talk about it no okay <laughs> and then i come back and i'm like hey I'm re hey remember that thing that i'm really pat i'm like no okay still no got it i don't fucking hit people it'll be over the course of several days weeks months years several conversations like i have tr i tried to get you to watch breaking bad a bunch of times but it was <laughs> never like a, it was never like a solid hour tirade or any of that kind no. of shit i was just like no, i would bring it up and be like this is a really good show you should try watching it and you were like i'm not interested i'm like cool we would be talking about tv you'd be like i don't know what to watch and that that's another thing is it like the, the act of disinterest it's not necessarily hipsterism where it's like, well, I didn't think of it, so it's not cool and I'm not going to do it. But some people are just actively invested in not being interested in what anybody in their social sphere is. I got burnt by weeds, okay, because I loved the first three seasons of weeds a lot. And then it took this ridiculous left turn into just stupid right. and and i don't want to get i don't want to invest three seasons of my time into something that turns into a shit show that i well, can't watch a, but then why is the second movie in the trilogy always good always the best one because they blew their load anyway um so the point is so then you have those people that everything relates and then there's this other section of that friend who never shuts up it is a cult Like you've mentioned this a couple of times and I, I've made a mention of it too, but I want to come back to it because I think it's an important thing to discuss is that whole clannishness and the almost cult-like atmosphere around it. So like you go to a social situation and everybody in that social situation are tabletop gamers, but you're not. And then suddenly you're on the outside, right? Yeah. And and they're talking in a language that you don't understand, and they're talking, they're you know what I mean, and they can't not talk about anything but that cult, and it it, it that's a problem. There I is guess, time and a place for those conversations. Okay, even as somebody who has been the one person who's not interested in in the one thing that everybody is, this sort of wraps back around to the whole yucking other people's yum and it's like if you're the only person at a party that doesn't want to talk about tabletop gaping you have two options 
And unfortunately, this is just how it is. You can either leave or you can feign interest because you actually give a shit about these people that you're spending time with and interacting with. And if you gave a shit about them and, and, and spending time, when, time with them and interacting with them, you would have at least some interest in their interests. You know, it's not about you're going to be roped into a game of VTM or fucking D&D in the next day. No, but who knows? You talk about D&D like, oh yeah, well I, you know, I, I read a Dragonlance book and I didn't even know that that was based on a D&D game or I've read the Lord of the Rings and so like I get the whole fantasy thing. But you have to work at it. Like it's not their job to necessarily form the whole, it's... Well, he, I, and I, I mean? agree. I agree. I, I've I don't disagree. guy. And I, my... and I gain a broader perspective by feigning interest until I find some sort of common ground, you know? Right. That's why I don't go to my friend's house during football season on Sundays. Correct. I don't if give a fuck about to, football. To, and if you like, fuck it, I'm not doing anything, then you you're, you have to go into that situation knowing that right. you're going to talk about football. Right. That's why I don't want to go to the bar in Wisconsin or Minnesota on a Sunday. Right. Yeah. But I also think that, you know, when you come around to conversations and, and we've done this to people, like I know that we have done this to people probably. and we used to do it even more so probably when your dad and I were together and we had that other group of friends who tabletop games and like everyone else at the table like is now picking at their food. To or... be fair, though, hmm. there were a couple of people that feigned interest and then even got involved in a game or two. And we're like, okay, I can see this. And I'm not disagreeing with you there, but I think there needs to be responsibility on both ends. I guess. All your friends are into, I don't know, Jenga. And every Thursday night, they get together at somebody's house and eat pizza and play Jenga. If you don't want to hear about Jenga, don't go on Thursday night to have pizza. Right. Eat your own pizza at home. And if you do go to see that, you know, to get the free pizza... Then accept the fact that you're going to have to listen to some shit about Jenga. The There's that. The currency you have to pay with is interest in Jenga. Jenga. When we are having a regular old barbecue in the backyard, that when our friends, the ones that are overly enthusiastic, tend to dominate the conversation, relate everything they know to tabletop gaming, and have a cult-like mentality when it comes to this, try to be a good host and remember you have other people that you invited there and that they might have something to say. Sometimes they might have something to say, but they can't get a word in edgewise either. And that happens too with this cult-like and like clannish thing is that a bunch of people know each other in a certain context and that's all they, and they do a lot of the X, Y, or Z together. They have a tendency also to just like lock out other people that might be curious and who yeah. might have, might be interested, but they can't approach it because these people look like a bunch of cult believers and, you know, and a clan that they just can't join. They don't have the card or the secret handshake. We have to be thoughtful about that. So I, I like this, that you've kind of, I say a thing and then you come up with the opposite point of view. Like, like you put the shoe on the other foot. Because those are all things that we need to think about when we're increasingly in niche groups of friends socially and have the opportunity now to like have more commonality of experience i might have never been around people who did stand-up comedy this is a perfect example or done um improv comedy but a bunch of my people i know and care about are involved in this stuff and it's not something i know much about but i should go and watch them you know when i can and and i listen to them talk about the trials and tribulations of putting together shows and doing stuff i mean there's there's things you know, I lived with musicians all my life. I can't play an instrument really. And I, I can sing a little bit, but I've never really had the interest or desire like to be up on stage that much and get involved in it. But I've had to be around a lot of musicians who talk shop all the time. And 
you either can learn a way to interact with that or you can just sit back and learn and listen too and remind when necessary, remind them that there's other things to talk about. But, you know, 21st century dinner table etiquette or dinner party etiquette is, you know, it should be exactly what it used to be in the 1950s, which is be respectful, listen, and don't assume that your opinion is the most precious opinion at the table and everybody has to hear it until you're done either. And don't shut people out, you know? I mean, I think that's a fair thing to say. I hate it when I'm with friends who do that to other people and I don't like it when I participate it unwitt unwittingly and I don't like being the person in the room who doesn't know anything about it. I think that's a perfectly reasonable position to take, but you also have to remember and take into account that when we're talking about people's passions is that they're tend like passion is, is an emotion. It's an emotional response or connection to, you know, any, any sort of subject, you know, person insert noun here. Right. And with emotion comes a, a, a lack of logic. Sometimes I think you need to strike a happy medium. You, you can't be on all the time. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, like when you're on, about your passion, the thing you're passionate about, it's very hard to turn that off. While it's important to try to be inclusive and not, you know, verbally post on people with information, I don't think it's necessarily un unreasonable. Let people express themselves. There are some people that, that take it too far. At the same time, I do think that the onus is more so on the the odd man out um, to open their horizons. These people that show up to these social interactions and they feel out of place, alienated by the, you know the fervor and with which everybody is talking about the things they know nothing about. And I think it's fine for you to be just be quiet and like just pick up on some things and talk. There will be opportunities. It's just up to you to seize those opportunities to interject, you can test the waters, dip your toe in, like try to see if they'll break course for a short minute or ask questions. Because whether you're quote unquote hardline interested in whatever the passion of the minute is, if you stop and you listen to people, t passionate people talk about the things that they, they care very much about, you will find a qu at least a question to ask. You know, don't, don't yuck their yum um, and try to be as present and open as you can. People need to be more comfortable with calling out their friends and calling out members of their community in a broader sense. When someone's being exclusionary or, you know, you notice that somebody is being excluded, the onus isn't always on the person because one, if think, say you're, you are one of 10 people and nine people are super interested in this one thing, it's intimidating as all fuck to like try to step up and be like, hey, can we talk about something that's not Game of Thrones? Yeah. You know, especially in a, in a like physically social context, it's not always the most reasonable thing to expect people to voice that right. kind of thing in that context. Lended support. To just ask yourself the question, what's the last time that you willingly put yourself on the spot, you know? Right. Because that's what you're asking these people who are sort of on the outsides looking in to do. Exactly. The point is when you're in a group of people, be conscious and aware of everybody in your group of people. If you feel excluded, speak up. If you feel excluded on a habitual basis, don't set yourself up to be in social situations where you're going to have to listen to this for hours on end. I mean, and it sounds if, passive aggressive, but maybe the next time they invite you out and you know it's going to be a fucking fuck show of talking about shit that you don't give a fuck about, 
say no. And when they ask you why, tell them. Um, and then the other is that if you belong to a group of people who has one or more of these bad actors in it, be conscious that the conversation is getting driven in that direction. Do your best to steer it back. It's part of being a good actor in the community. So then if we move on from that Penelope of like really shitty fandom politics that takes place, we move into another one of those personality traits that really bugs me. I don't know about anybody else and Nathan may not feel this way. Probably not since we've done nothing but basically low-key argue through the most of this is trendsetters. <clears throat> what do you mean by trendsetters? Okay, so trendsetters are the people who are like seeking all the time the very newest media in order to be able to come into a social situation and babble about how they found this coolest thing. Or they introduced so-and-so to this, so. And there's a couple of them, you know, a couple of things that happen with trendsetters. And one of them is like, let's say in six years, one of my friends that eyes glaze over about Game of Thrones says to me at some point at a conversation, just turns to me and looks at me and says, so I just started watching Game of Thrones. I know, I know, but somebody left the DVD box DVDs at my house or I found them in my new apartment and I realized I actually, you know, really like this. And then they want to talk about it. And someone else in your group of friends who is long since over Game of Thrones, gone on to the new next new cool thing says, really? So like we're on season three already. Where have you been? Those people. Like, oh, that's I don't so know over. any, but I don't know very many people like that. So, I've, like, that's a sort of a foreign. I've had that. Okay. I literally had that where it's like, so I told you to watch that before. You should have watched that before. That get real. Well, that's just an asshole. Why are you friends with that person? Right. Well, we all have that <laughs> friend. We all do. <laughs> and we all have the stranger in ourselves that is sometimes that asshole even when we don't want to be because I've heard myself say that in my head going, well, if you'd just done that when I told you to, the point is, is that, so those trendsetters, that's one of those things about trendsetterism or trendsetters. It's a one characteristic, but then there's the whole shitty hipsterism, which you kind of touched on earlier, which is, and I said, people that are seeking out the newest, coolest, shiniest thing so that they can talk about how new and shiny and cool they are because they know all the cool spots kind of leads into that whole obscure platform guy standing. So like, so I found this new kind of uh, dark web podcasting service where you can get these things that are really different. And it's so cool. I've had my minds those people or I belong to this special Reddit that has all the coolest stuff on and it's, or this Facebook group that's invite only those people that like somebody brings up something in conversation and then they get territorial and boxy about it, about like, and you kind of said this a little bit too about the whole Doctor Who thing. And I'm not saying that you're a hipster about Doctor Who, but I have, I'm, I'm guilty of this. And I deal with it with people in particular, like about Pink Floyd, because I like Pink Floyd. 
it's good. But I love David Gilmore. So, like, I've had conversations with people who are like, I can't listen to Pink Floyd since Roger Waters left. And I'm thinking to them, I'm thinking to myself, and I've said this out loud. Why? The best thing that ever happened to Pink Floyd. (laughs) The best thing in Pink Floyd is David Gilmore. So what are we missing exactly? You know, and then it becomes a one-upster, a one-upmanship thing about, you know, who's the most hipster of the hipsterist in the hipstering of this particular media or this particular product or this particular whatever fandom. And it's really annoying. Like you bring up anime conversations and, and invariably someone we both know and have loved will say, well, I watched Johnny Quest. Oh, John, that's not, it doesn't even. I watched, okay. I watched Ghost Speed Racer. Uh, yeah. And we're talking about I mean, anime. I mean, well, I mean, but Speed Racer was an anime. It's just it's like people who do that kind of shit sort of sort of crumble on under scrutiny. And I don't think that by and large, those types of people get away with that much anymore because or at least maybe it goes back to the whole, you know, making sure that you're you're being inclusive because, so, you know, fakers will be exposed when you, you know, put them under the microscope. Because like somebody says, like I I like anime. I, I watched Star Blazers and fucking <laughs> and fucking Fist of the North Star and fucking like Speed Racer. It's like cool. Uh, what have you watched since then? Right. Because the conversation that we were having, the context, like, is modern. So it's right. like I. It's sort of like some from some guy who's fucking had whiskey plates for so long. They're like, I had a car once. The only good comic books, like, I read all that DC stuff. This is a thing. Like, all the successive reboots and the restarts of universes and the whatever. And I read Batman Detective Comic 1. Yeah. And anybody who hasn't read all the way back to the very beginnings of Batman doesn't have an opinion about Batman. I think those people fall into the, the list. They're, they're kind of a, a third sort of class. You know, I were talking about the people who are passionate about a thing and the people who don't know about the thing or don't care about the thing. Um, and then mm-hmm. you have the people who are the has-beens. Um, <laughs> because there are folks, like, because I've, you know, if you, you go to the bar like you do and you run into some pretty cool and eclectic older folks who go to a bar that's full of young people. This is a thing that happens. And, you know, the, the old folks sort of people watch, right? And they, they keep an eye on the kids. You know, and some of them are are brave enough to approach groups of kids and be like, yo, I heard you guys were talking about anime. Uh, Did any of you see, you know, Star Blazers or did you, is anybody anybody, like familiar with like the original Voltron thing? Because I have a thing to say about this or whatever. And more often than not, that will lead into a conversation and you'll sort of talk about how anime has grown as like as an art form form. and and, and as a form of entertainment and whatever over the course of 30 40 years right Uh, and and that that, those those are are great but the problem the the people that you're talking about are are usually the people that where you're talking about a thing and it's it's less even so much to be a hipster and it's like they're trying to show their superiority it's they're literally just looking to shut the conversation down because they're not interested anymore they've moved on and therefore they believe that everybody else should oh yeah and that kind of falls in into sort of my final point about trendsetters too and i am absolutely guilty of this i read the books 
and I saw the <laughs> or and or I saw the original adaptation. Yeah. Right? Oh, books, books versus books versus movies, TV adaptation versus adaptation. And I know like we all get attached to a particular way that a story is presented in whatever way that we like it best. Okay. I I get that. And I, because I'm guilty of it. Like I, I said, I wouldn't get into this and I'm not going to get way into it, but I'm just going to say thank you HBO for bringing game of thrones to the screen so that we might get to know what the last page in uh dream of spring says but pretty much everything after season three is hot garbage right but i don't think you can blame hbo 100 percent. no it does and i and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna say this and it's gonna be an, here's a hot take an unpopular opinion hbo was so committed to fan service that where they made changes to the plot that made sense, I don't think they lost any of the book readers because I think all of us understood that they had to collapse certain plots into other plots and make characters do double duty for plot lines in that order to get it all done because they literally, yes. What we have problems with, however, is the fan servicing that goes on in the shows where the show creators, in order to generate more buzz and to prop up their numbers and to keep segments of their audience, literally change context and stories and plot lines entirely for no other reason than to give actors that have huge fandoms or ships in those shows that have huge fandoms enough to keep them interested. It's like it's, Shane not dying until season four or five of Walking Dead. It's fan service. That, he dies in the first like thirty pages of the first comic. And they but they do not let it go because people wrote letters and people were buzz and the buzz and the aggregate uh stuff that they were taking off from the internet you know and they 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 collated all their ran all their scripts to find out what was popular and the most spoken words about game of thrones and then they looked up the context and they knew what they needed to do to keep people engaged it wasn't about telling the damn story that's in the books it was about keeping a viewership and i get it they're in the business of making content that has viewers i get it but you don't have to give everybody everything they fucking want on a silver spoon either. Honest to goodness, it's not necessary. And some of what they did to that book series is terrible. So anyway, now I I don't want to jump off of here. But the point is, and I see I just engaged in this. I read the books. I saw the original adaptation. I did it. I have learned to not get into these arguments with people who have never read the books. I don't need to like stroke my intellectual peen in people's faces about read a book. I don't, I get it. If they just watch a TV show and they think the TV show is great, it is. And when I think about it and I shut up and I take a look at it, if I had never read the books, I would really love the TV show because I wouldn't know any different. And they did write it well enough that it is still compelling and interesting to me, even though I have not read the books. Right. So why would I have to like get out my I read the books stick to make people who have not read the books feel bad about the show, about the way they see the show or the way they interpret the characters or how they feel about the plot lines? It's it's stupid. 
And a lot of people do that. It's like one of those places where bookies tend to think they're most justified in crapping all over other members of the fandom who come to it after it's hit TV or movies. Sometimes they have merit on their own. Good example would be in a movie form would be Fight Club. The differences between what Chuck wrote and what made it onto the screen are vast. And there is a lot of, there used to be anyway, a lot of really nasty and, and anger and antipathy between people who had read the book and people who had watched the movie and what the actual meaning of the book and or the movie were. And it, it just doesn't serve any purpose. One is one thing and the other is the other. I mean, I don't have much to say on, on the subject because I've been both and I'm far more of a non-book reader nowadays than I used to be. But I guess I sort of got over that phase way, way early because... You know, when you're you when you grow up at the same time as Harry Potter, and you read those books, you get attachment to stuff or whatever. Just a note, folks: if you've read the books or saw the original adaptation, nobody it's okay. cares. Well, it's okay to suggest that people might want to read the books or watch another adaptation of it than the one that they have already watched, just to broaden their horizons. But don't get snippy about it. Just be happy that people are into the thing that you're into, even if it's right. not the same thing, air quotes. Right. Exactly. It's really simple. And now the last thing in this is like a is is another thing that happened to me in social media. And it has to do with spoiler warnings. So like if you've joined the 21st century and you don't understand what a spoiler warning is. I will define this for you. If you're going to talk about something in your fandom with other people that are involved in the fandom and they, and you all haven't consumed the same media at the same rate, you owe it to your friends to say, I would like to talk about this thing that happened. Are you at that, at this place in the media? And for them to say, Whoa, no. And you can say, well, we can either not talk about it at all, or you could go take a powder. Well, I tell this other friend who is at that place. Or me and this other friend will talk to each other about it on the phone tomorrow. Or I guess you guys don't talk text about it later. Or even during this conversation, we'll text about it while we talk to everyone else. Sorry. Not sorry. <clears throat> Hot take. But that happens. So, like, that's what a spoiler warning is. So there's two ways that this cuts, and it's really ugly on both ends of them. And one is when somebody goes, oh, you didn't know that? Like after they've like show up at a party and they just blurt out, sorry, I was late, but I had to watch the whole last season or the last episode of Walking Dead. I know you guys all watch it, but I was, oh my God, you can't, I, I'm going to tell you all about it. That person is an asshole. If you do that. Or so-and-so is dead. Glenn's dead. Oh my God. Spoiler when you do warning. that, you're an ass. Just, just straight up. You're an ass. That's a thing. Don't do it. I mean, I like that shit because like at the end of the day, it really doesn't. It doesn't really matter, but don't ruin somebody else's enjoyment of the media, especially if it's like that day or, you know, give them like four days. I'm sorry. So there's that. But then there's the other side of this, of course, which it, it, and goes along with it is that, oh, my God, you must be told. So people who aren't there and it's like, I just have to tell you this. I know I shouldn't because you're not there, but I just have to tell you, oh, my God, don't whatever. Don't believe this character's narrative or don't you won't believe what happens. That's one thing you can say, but like 
don't get specific. Don't ruin things for people. Don't skew their view of the media before they even have a chance to consume it. Because we all arrive at the same destination eventually. We just may have better or different, well, okay, maybe not better, but different perceptions of any number of issues around that media. Just don't wreck it for people. It's terrible. And then I like, the other, I like being spoiled. Like hit me, hit me up with your spoilers. I don't care. Right. And there's people that are like Nathan and I can tend, I tend to be that way too. So it's okay. Cause sometimes I will legitimately forget. <laughs> I also fall in and out of love with stuff a lot. So like people are like, Oh, but you got to I'm like, well, listen here, like maybe you spoiling something for me will get me to actually go back and like, okay, so wait, it gets interesting. Cause sometimes I cool on stuff and I'm just like, they're like, eh. oh, what, you know, because I show up to fucking shit late a lot. And so I'm like two, three seasons behind and I'll watch like the first season and then put it down and never touch it again. So like if you're like, well, no, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Like newsflash. I'm not if it's if it's been three months and I've there, there's there's three seasons to watch and I've only watched the first season and it's been three months since I started. I'm probably not going to pick it up again. So spoiling something for me one isn't going to do anything Two, it'll let you get it out of your system right because i know that feel where you're like oh i really want to talk about this thing and i like hearing people who are passionate about stuff you know it's part of the the wonder of, of being a fan of anything um but then like also sometimes spoilers can be like oh that's not where i saw that going and then you like i will watch <laughs> another season and see right. i will give it another shot right that's the right. thing like it's just it's not right. Not necessarily a damnable offense, but there, again, you have to. There has to be consent. Just be like, "Hey, have you right. seen the latest episode? No. Right. Do you mind? Yes. Okay, we'll talk about it later." Right. Like, so, and then there's the other part of this, which has also happened. Just don't even discuss the show. Can we talk about what happened like last year? I just don't want to hear any conversations about the show because I haven't seen it yet and I intend to watch it. Too fucking bad. When? Stop policing my shit. And this has absolutely happened to me. So like three seasons into Game of Thrones, I said something on Facebook one time about one episode and just like got bitch slapped by somebody who said, I haven't watched any of the previous seasons, but it is on my queue to watch so I don't want you to post any more stuff at all about the show. Fucking unfollow. Like I'm just like Bye Felicia. I'm like, like okay. Really? Fuck that. Really? It's been three seasons. Where have you been? If we have to find it, we'll find the link for it. But there's literally an app you can put in your browser for Facebook where you can cleanse Facebook of mentions of things you don't want to hear about on Facebook. Like politics you just put the word in you it's can put in and irrelevant at this point but like i have it set up so that i don't ever hear anything about kanye or the kardashians I, that's still in there yeah like, right i did the I, same if, thing. if they're up to i assume that they're irrelevant because i haven't seen shit about them <laughs> because they're irrelevant to me so i get to mold my internet experience to my worldview it's fantastic right? So you can find apps that will actually scrub Facebook of references to things that you don't want to read about. You can do all of that. So you're participating in a 21st century media. Don't police everybody else's enjoyment of that media 
because you have decided that you it doesn't some piece of that media doesn't have enough priority to you that you can wait four years to engage with it. You can't expect your entire group of friends and everyone that you know on, inter- on the internet to wait for four years for you to finally get caught up. So while there are spoiler warnings and we have to be responsible when we're in a fandom not to crap in people's birthday cake, it's also important not to make everybody gatekeep everything they say about that fandom until you are ready to engage it. I feel like I wish we could like set up a sort of like expectation of because the whole spo- the, this whole issue with the spoilers and shit could easily be solved if we all just sort of agreed like if I'm talking about something that happened last season it's fair game. If I'm talking about something that happened fucking a year ago, it's public domain, okay? Like, fuck off, you know? Just don't don't come at me with that shit. Like, if it was that important to you, you would have already watched it. And by the time your lazy ass gets around to catching up, you will have forgotten about the spoiler. Right, there's that. I spent a lot of time on particular fandom reddits. The Song of Ice and Fire one has like a couple different levels of spoiler warning and it's all programmed in and it's if you read the Reddit, there's a whole list of rules about how you're supposed to use it when you make posts there. I don't post on on a Song of Ice and Fire Reddit because those people are like, they're all really good and I don't want to sound like an idiot. But Twitter so and I, Facebook don't don't have those sort of guidelines. And no, so they it don't. Sort of so it becomes a, a thing. A thing. There is some common sense to it. You know, and if you, if you need to think about these things, and I guess this comes to our closing because we really kind of reached the end of this topic when it comes to like what we have identified as like major character flaws in general in people and fandoms and how they handle themselves and a social sphere around that. But as Nathan pointed out earlier, just be courteous and ask, <coughs> pardon me, and ask anything. If you... If you want to know if everybody in the group of friends cares, if you discuss the latest episode of Westworld, then ask. Is anybody, is everybody here caught up? Does anybody mind if we, can we talk about this? Because I I had some thoughts, right? And you're going to have the people that haven't seen it and are going to be upset about a spoiler. You don't even necessarily have to be that forward. You can just be like, so who here has seen the latest episode? Or whatever. Yeah, you know, ask. Just ask, engage with the group and, and and like take a, you know, informal straw poll about where the conversation, you know, goes before you just land in the middle of it and or to make, a, you know, a third of the, the group tune out and walk off. That's one way to not wreck a conversation with your fandom or to wreck a conversation within the fandom. And then the other is, and Nathan's brought this up repeatedly. It's a good theme. He's been very good at devils advocating this is get out of your own box. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you don't like game of Thrones. You prefer, I don't know, some other fantasy, but you're into something similar. Don't poo poo the next guy's thing. Don't yuck. Someone else's yum. And keep your mind open. You might find out that there's some similarities between the thing you like and the thing that your friends like that isn't the same that might either draw your friends into what you're interested in or might draw you into what your friends are interested in. Get out of your box. You know, just because 
up to this point, you haven't found a value in this media doesn't mean that it doesn't have value and that it might not have value to you if you take a hot minute to consider it and maybe consume a little bit of it. And don't belittle other people in the fandom because they either came late to the show, the books, the story, because they like niche parts of it, niche parts of it. Everybody that reads Batman, for instance, has a favorite author of that comic book favorite period of time of that comic book. Um, that doesn't mean that any of you have a lockdown on the best part of Batman, but it means that y'all have some, a, some of them have a lockdown on the worst part of Batman. And those are the oh, people who think that Frank Miller wrote the best. See, and when all else fails and you've been utterly insulted, like when someone tells me, tries to tell me, how important NASCAR is to the United States GDP. Breathe. Just take a breath. Might be a good time now to go get that drink, to go have a cigarette, lock yourself in the bathroom and scream into a towel, but come back. That person isn't just that opinion. There's many more reasons that you like this person even if they're wrong about NASCAR, seriously, even if they're wrong about the Marvel, the MCU, even if they're wrong about Kanye West, just breathe. It's okay. They don't have to be right. There's going to be things that you like that they think you're wrong about too. You don't have to take it as a personal affront. You just need to breathe through it maybe humor them a little bit and if it gets a little overboard change the subject right welcome to crack pottery actually i don't there's been such a dearth of information this week about things that i could go off on that i'm kind of in a position where i just don't even know where to start the news this week has been really interesting. I want to know why we still don't have the Mueller report. I, I really fucking do. I don't know about anybody else, but <clears throat> it's fucking ridiculous. And that Barr now is suggesting that he's only going to release it once he's finished redacting it. I'm pretty sure that the people in Congress have every right to see that information. It's not a national security problem. And if it is, then we need to know anyway, because then it just proves exactly what we've been suspecting for some time, is that Trump spends most of his time when he's with Putin giving out handies. I, I'm just so sick of it. And then I read this article this week, which may or may not be true, I didn't vet this stuff, folks. I'm not feeling the best, and I worked all weekend. But that in one of these detention centers that we are putting these Central American refugees in, they're waking them up every three hours and making them stand up. I guess to make sure they don't die. Or they took the guys that were the guards at Gitmo and moved them to these facilities. I'm not really sure, but I do know that that level of sleep deprivation is torture. And it shouldn't be happening. This whole idea that it's okay to do this to people, and I don't care if they're four months old 
or 40 years old that we are doing this to people who by no fault of their own are thrust out of their countries of origin because of gang violence and political instability that the United States government has largely created over the last 45 years. I have a, I just don't think it's fair. You can say what you want, but I don't think it's fair. And you know, I've never lost a job to any of these people. And if you get really honest with yourself, you probably haven't either. Because most of these people are not going to take jobs that you or I would want to do. Americans are a bunch of entitled, overprivileged, snot-nosed bitches. And they don't like the idea of having to work anywhere for less than 10 an hour. Now, I'm not saying that they should, because guess what, cowboys? This is no weird thing that I'm going to say here. I personally believe in a guaranteed minimum income. I actually believe that $15 an hour as a minimum wage is a low ball. It's a low ball. People should have a right to make enough money to keep a roof over their fucking head and food in their goddamn belly to be able to pay for medical care and take care of their kids or just themselves. I don't think that's too much to ask. I think if you work 40 hours a week at any fucking job, and I don't care what one it is in the United States, you have a right to earn a living. A living. God fucking damn the greedy. I am so sick of hearing about these people. I need my tax money. I don't have a problem paying taxes as long as I'm not buying somebody else another private jet. If I'm not buying a whole bunch more nuclear weapons that we're never going to use and shouldn't, by the way. And while we're on the subject of piss poor management and ridiculous lobby groups sticking their fat fingers in personal liberties and the rest of it. I'm all for the Second Amendment, okay? I grew up in a house where we ate wild game. It was an important part of our diet because I didn't grow up in a house full of fucking money. My dad and my mom busted their ass all their lives and kept a roof over our head. But what money we had went into doing that so my dad hunted and fished to supplement what we had in the freezer and because he enjoyed it. So I'm all for people having access to hunting weapons. I have known several people who have owned taverns and other at-risk businesses for robbery. I don't have a problem with these people having guns for self-protection. But I do have a huge problem with felons getting their hands, violent felons anyway, getting their hands on guns. I have a real problem with people who commit domestic violence, regardless of their gender, getting their hands on guns. And anybody who can't pass an MMPI at a reasonable level of not being a psychopath or a neomort. Everybody else, if you fall into that category, you're a violent criminal, you're a abuser of your children or your spouse or you are violent crazy person or too stupid to breathe you shouldn't get a fucking gun that congress decided to just ditch the violence against women act b2 
because the NRA didn't like that it called for the taking away of guns from people who were convicted domestic batterers is ridiculous. If you don't beat your spouse, you don't have a problem. And if you're pissed off you can't get a gun because you beat your spouse, just look up what the statistics are for marital murder in circumstances where the domestic abuser has access to a gun. And then ask yourself why, well, you wouldn't kill your wife or husband. Somebody else might, and why that's a problem. Jesus Christ, people. Pull your head out of your ass. It's ridiculous. So there's that. A little crack pottery for you to stick up your butt and spin on because it's just ridiculous. We don't need to have school teachers with guns. We don't need to have kindergartners with guns. We don't need to have all of these guns everywhere. If we took the guns away from the people that shouldn't get guns in the first place, then the people who wanted guns could have guns. Jesus Christ. Wow. I'm just, it's too much sometimes. I can't really, ugh. It, just because is not an answer. It's not, it's not a legitimacy for it. You are the same people that say that people, brown people from below Texas shouldn't be allowed in this country just because. Is just because an answer? It's not an answer. Just because. Come on. If you're not a criminal, you shouldn't get, you shouldn't be concerned. But if you're a criminal, you beat your family, you're crazy, or you're criminally negligent because you're dumb, you shouldn't get one. Simple. And I don't care who likes that or not. And that's coming from somebody who can tell you right now that they're here because, you know, they probably ate meals that were brought to them by their father who owns a gun. I don't have a problem with gun ownership. I have a problem with irresponsible gun ownership and crazy people having guns. That's a problem. So that was one thing this week. Or, okay, a string of several things this week that just sort of tweaked my nips, as it were. And there were good things, I guess. It was my father's birthday this week. And so happy birthday to my dad. Um, the sun was out most of this week, and that was really freaking awesome. There is a little light at the end of the tunnel, maybe. I get to watch Game of Thrones, uh, I think, on Sunday when I get home from work. The only thing about this, and I, I hate to say it, but well, I kind of go into that earlier in the episodes. So you probably don't need to hear it, but I, I hope it doesn't suck. <coughs> Pardon for my freaking allergies. So those are the things that I guess I wanted to go a little off on. I will say that it looks like this summer is going to be a nice summer for music. That always makes me happy. Just now, if I could ever get any time off from any kind of job so I could go listen to music, that'd be fantastic. I will say this. One thing I want to crow about a little bit is Aesthetic Perfection, which is a basically a one-dude band out of California just dropped their latest album, Into the Black. If you like goth industrial pop music, go find it on Google. It's totally worth your time. I think you'd really love it. Um, and if you don't like it, don't. 
It's okay. And that's it. I don't have a lot today because these allergies just like taking the piss out of me and I wore it all out on the Cheeto in Chief and the NRA. So, oh, and anti-immigration, anti-displaced peoples, stuck up asshole people. And now I think it's time for a whole lot of ice water and some allergy meds and bed. So goodbye for this week. Love you guys. Mwah. Well, the crow and the raven were sitting on the vines, watching as the vultures circled in the darkened sky. And the crow said, Mr. Raven, it's obvious to me that there's trouble for as far as I